Let's wind back to 1983. Mario Brothers was released on Nintendo and the first mobile phone was sold by Motorola. At the same time, Scott Cook was watching his wife trying to balance the books at home in California just using paper. Remember, everyone in America has to file tax returns. Scott decided to do something about it, creating a software called Quicken, which made his wife's job much easier. In 1992, QuickBooks was born, and the company behind it, which Scott founded, was called Intuit. Wind forward to today, Scott is a billionaire, and QuickBooks is the biggest financial management software in the world. The reason that they're number one is they make it really easy for companies to take care of their finances, from sole traders to enterprise and growth-minded businesses in between. So, If you want better control and visibility of your company's finances, from invoicing to forecasting, then head to quickbooks.co.uk forward slash secret leaders. That's quickbooks.co.uk forward slash secret leaders. There's a link in the show notes. You know, I sound all positive right now because like a lot of my future successes have come because of those moments. But yeah, during that time, it was really hard because... Uh, my background's I'm Indian and my parents came as refugees. So essentially I, I gambled, I left the finance world to start something up. So I, I you know, I, I put I put everything on the poker table. I went all in to some degree and it didn't work out. That's Jay Radia. He has built three businesses worth over half a billion pounds and currently runs an accelerator focusing on increasing happiness in the workplace. But before all that, he founded a company called Moby RF, which failed. From Secret Leaders, I'm Dan Murray-Serta, and this is our bite-sized series dedicated to failure. We're doing this because we learn a lot more from failure than success, but we hardly ever hear about it. We're changing that with the help of entrepreneurs like Jay sharing their worst moments. Now, Jay came up with the idea for Moby RF back in 2012. Instagram was taking off, everyone was taking more and more photos. And I realized, why don't people start selling those photos? Because there's some really great photos out there that you could buy and sell it to a website or magazine. And because at that time, you're spending $10, $15 per image. I was like, wait a minute, there's now billions of photos. Why don't we start selling those, those mobile photos? You know, you take it one step further. Imagine if there's a big news event and now you've got all of these normal people like you and me who are now taking photos of that live event and now you can you know, sell it to the news companies. Jay was excited by this spark of inspiration. It sounded like a good idea. But after reading a book you might be familiar with, Think and Grow Rich, he knew he needed more than just his own belief. One of the main bits of advice is find someone who's been there, done it, and try to learn from them and be inspired and they'll give you all the insights. Um, So I somehow hunted down the founder of iStock who'd just recently sold his business at Getty um for like a hundred million dollars plus right and i spoke to him he's a really really cool guy and he was sitting in his like 10 million dollar mansion in i think it was in la and it was like living the dream life like you know as a as a first-time entrepreneur i'm like wow i want to be you and I i pitched him the idea and he was like wow this is incredible this is the future like i can't believe i didn't think of this yeah, obviously, this was a failure story, so we know what happened. But, you know, to, to have that energy around me was great. You can see how this would have played out. Getting the approval of someone so successful and so relevant helped convince Jay to go all in. He quit his six-figure job in finance and co-founded the business with his brother. I basically put aside 
£20,000 of my um, hard-earned saved money. And I was like, okay, look, listen, let's try to make this work. So I moved back to my parents' house um, and my brother was helping me as well. So we're both living in, back in, you know, back at home with our parents. We basically outsourced the build of this product. So it was like a mobile app, essentially. So it's a mobile app. And so it connected to your photos um, and in one click, you could upload all your photos and then you could start selling them in the marketplace. So that was essentially the technology. So we went really hard to try to find out who's the best engineer for this. Um, so we found these outsourced businesses, um, companies, and I'm sure first time budding entrepreneurs do this. Um, we found some folks in India of all places. And um, let's just say it wasn't the easiest group of people to work with right um deadlines for them were just like dates that they would try to hit there was just this urgency wasn't there um we basically we, we were expecting to go live in three months it actually took six months and it took a lot more money um than expected oof it is a story most entrepreneurs are too familiar with but at least it gave jay time to market the business and get people excited when launch day finally came there was real buzz around the idea becoming a reality so everyone was so excited and even even the photographers are excited and you know obviously the customers that they said that they were already in the marketplace they were all excited and um yeah everyone was it was it was a very positive vibe um like it was fun um but then like at the end of the day it wasn't getting as fun because like as each hour was going we're like um we're not getting that many orders here guys i think we made like a couple hundred bucks and it was we're like oh there's not really much going on here and we'd spent so much on pr and marketing so yeah it was a fun day but nothing is quite uninventful um <laughs> that's what happened and things didn't get much better after that. Jay soon realized they were facing a much harder uphill battle than he thought. From like like week one, week two, week three, I realized that, crap, this is not really a business. Like This was never going to work, um, which is quite painful because we just spent six months building this. Look, it was clear the masters didn't stack up. Like to buy, to, to acquire a new customer was really expensive. Like it cost me $20 to acquire a customer. And in the end, they were spending 10 bucks um so it was just the mastic now and yes one could argue hey give it more time it's just starting and that's fair but at the same time at the start of launch you should get a natural good um, balance of your cac to lifetime value but it was clear i was not the metrics weren't stacking up and it was really hard to get businesses to log on because there is a lot of, like there are other places to go buy images we ours was a bit unique because it was the normal person right you instead of taking these glamorous models right it's a normal person um there's images of those and that's great for pr and for websites but yeah it was just still it wasn't a priority for them fundamentally one big problem on in all of this which i haven't talked about was um i didn't really like photography that much <laughs> like i know it sounds weird but i like taking photos like the normal person but to realize that my next 10 years of my life was dedicated to photography and being really passionate about it. Like that scared the living daylights out of me. I was like, oh my God, is this what my life's about? Um, so, you know, I think that saying of, hey, find your passion um, kept on coming up in my head. I was like, this is not what I enjoy doing. Why am I doing this? So again, it seems so obvious, but you know, initially it was the eyeballs of, hey, this is a big opportunity. This could be the next big thing. And like, I got distracted. And then eventually when I got into the weeds of it, so the business lasted about nine months, you know, six months to launch, three months trying to make it work. And we're just like, you know, at this point, the opportunity cost, i.e. the time that my brother and me were investing could be better spent elsewhere. It was, it was pretty obvious. Um, and then we had to walk away. When I reflect back exactly on that day, 
people, you know, some people, there's a two camps, right? Some camp would say, hey, keep on going. Like this is always like that. It's a struggle. So keep on going, keep on pushing. You, you, you know, it's a good idea. You'll make it through. And then there's another camp, which is just logic going, hey, there's no chance in hell it's going to work. Like everything, nothing's adding up. There's nothing, as bad as it sounds, there's nothing positive on anything from all this. Like, in fact, I was sleeping and not sleeping well and I was stressed. And before she had my brother, who's my co-founder, and we both picked each other up. Like, that's one thing we're quite good at. Um, you know, if one person's down, um, you know, the other radio brother will pick him up. So we've got this like bond. So, um, yeah. So, you know, fortunately I was able to bounce back up, but. Yeah, that period was not easy. Jay has gone on to be really successful. So looking back, what did he do wrong, which led to this failure? I don't feel I spoke to enough people. I think I handpicked them, I cherry picked it, it was a bit biased. And at the same time, I, the way I was framing questions to them, just forcing them to say, hey, this is great. So I love this podcast in that we're talking about failures, but actually, you know, the question is, is can an entrepreneur look at failure truly head to head and be willing to lose everything that's really hard i know i know a lot of people say yeah i am willing to lose everything but like genuinely are you um because that's the that's the mindset you need to be at where whatever someone says or whatever happens you're okay with it like it's pu it's it's pure true detachment which um you know which is a very deep term there's a lot of context there it's like i you know are you living um uh, and in a state of living where you are good with whatever happens. You are okay with what life will bring to you. Over time, I feel I've become more and more detached because as you start playing the game of startups, you start realizing that um, it's all a game and things that happen, there's some logic, there's a lot of illogic. Like so many things have happened to me since Moby RF that I could never have predicted. Like from, you know, so many good moments and so many, I guess from the outside, I say not so good moments, but you could state they're just events happening, right? It all comes together um, eventually, but it's all fun. Like, I, I think that's the right mindset. You just got to look at it as fun and you're playing the long game because eventually when you do play this game long enough, you should win. Jay Radia on letting go and enjoying the ride, win or lose. If you want to share the lessons you learned from your own failure story, we want to hear from you. Email us on hello at secretleaders.com with a few bullets explaining what happened. I've been your host, Dan Murray-Serta, and this is our bite-sized series exploring failure, setbacks, and how they impact success. Give us a follow on your podcast app and share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. See you next time. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.